0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast
1: with Don LaGreca.
0: And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He is Anthony Pusick. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hockey, hockey, hockey. The books,
1: they're shaking because Donnie Pucks is back. King's yep. money line in the wee uh, hours of the day in the Michael K. show right before we go off the air. It was. It wasn't even
0: close. I know. It was I never it. even
1: a doubt. Plus one twenty five. <laughs> plus money. Anybody who bet it.
0: I know. I, I'm. I, what Anthony's talking about. Late in the Michael K show, so, a caller asked me for an ice pick, and I said, "You know what? It's good money. Vancouver's been struggling. Go with the Kings on the road. They've been great on the road all year. On the money line, it was like minus one twenty four. I think one twenty five might have been what it ended up going off as before. Face off at ten o'clock. Kings win five one. Money, money, money. I'm surprised they didn't get more of a positive reaction on Twitter for it. So maybe people missed it. But uh, I'm back, baby. Ice pick, nailed it. Yeah,
1: I like it. I don't know. I don't know how the what the movement was because usually there is a movement. Don, Don can can affect lines for multiple yes. reasons. One, hockey is not the most bet thing in the world, and uh, our show is very popular. So I Don change can, can change things depending on how, how aggressive people want to be with their bets. But hopefully people want some money. I want some money. Um, uh, a group chat that I do a bunch of hockey bets with, they want some money. There you go. They always tail Don. So That's this it. is big. This is big. So, and I don't know. Is this going to be so like is this a, is this going to be a feel thing for you Don? Like are you going to start getting back? I mean, tonight we only have 3 games. I don't know if tonight you're going to dip your toe, but on, on these big big nights where there's a lot of games. There's
0: some potential. I know. You know, maybe will the Coyotes get off their 14 game no, losing streak not. tonight no. second of back-to-backs in Ottawa? Unlikely. After losing to Toronto. Got to say this, I want to thank um this is very funny. It's so typical Don. So, I'm get, I get a text message about, can I come on uh, a radio show in Toronto?
1: Oh, yeah, I saw.
0: Okay. So, I say, sure. And so, I'm getting a text. I get another text, you know, reminding me to come on. And, and it's um, 845. So, all right, I'm getting ready for it. Drop the kids off. Hustle home so I can um, do the, do the spot. So I get another text reminded me, and I and I text them back saying, "Call me on the landline. It'll be easier than doing it over the phone, over the cell phone." So, all right. like a professional, my cell phone rings though, and I do the spot with TSM. Good spot. Um, uh, Carlo Corleacavo, if you remember, former Maple Leaf. The, the, sure. the shows. It was a good spot. Enjoyed it. Talking about, you know, all they want to talk about is um, Rempe and the reaction in New York to Rempe. Is he going to fight Reeves tomorrow? Whole thing. That's the reason I was on is because the Rangers are going to be up in Toronto. I got the call. So um we do all that. But they called on the cell. And, and Nancy's like, "Why? Well, I thought they were going to call on the, the landlines. I, I don't know. Something got confused. Whatever. So. All right, now I'm getting ready for kickboxing. The The home phone rings, and it's Sportsnet. Apparently, simultaneously, both stations wanted me, and I'm thinking it's the same station. It was two separate stations, so I did another spot oh. in Toronto with Sportsnet. So I, I spent the morning up in the great white north, in the great city of Toronto, promoting Rangers, Maple Leafs tomorrow, which will be on our air, 98.70 ESPN New York, with coverage beginning at 6.30, face-off at 7. I'll have the call with Pete Stemkowski. Looking forward to that.
1: You're a hot commodity out there.
0: But, but Remp, that's all they want to talk about. You're is on Rempe, Johnny Lazarus's here. podcast? It's in Rempy, Rempy, Rempy. Now, the thing that they want to talk about, and everybody is engaged about up in Toronto, because they love this kid, and they're expecting a big heavyweight bout with Reeves, hockey night in Canada, two original six teams, Rangers, Maple Leafs. And, and I don't know, he, he did not fight Olivier on Wednesday, the rematch. So he's still coming off a loss on Sunday to Olivier. And I'm thinking, and I did not hear this, I did not see this, maybe you saw it somewhere, I don't know, if he didn't go with Olivier because the Rangers told him not to, stay out of the box, you're more important than that, but I'm also because his face is probably still sore from from the fight with Olivier. Now, I don't know if he's fully recovered by tomorrow. That so black eye won't be, I'll tell you that. I. I are we gonna are we gonna see anything or not? Now, the, the the comments up in Toronto seem to be that had he beat Olivier on Sunday, there's no question he'd fight Reeves would want to fight him because hey, you're three for three in big heavyweight bouts. I'm the king. Let's go. But coming off the loss, maybe Reeves doesn't feel like he has to answer the bell. Question is, would Rempe want to try to get back on track? And, did you, know, like, you see what Reeves did to O'Brien? I, well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> it's not. Is that I don't know if it's a good idea, all right? But listen, you want to try to get back on the horse, but if you don't, now it's two straight fights and now the bloom's off the rose, right? And I asked this question, I'll ask you the same thing. Reeves is a pro. He's a good sure kid, is. too. All right? Now, they'll probably have a conversation during warm-ups and I'm sure cameras will be all over it, both on MSG and um, on Sportsnet for Hockey Night in Canada. Does Reeves being a professional and a good guy, will he say, you know what, I'm not going to challenge him? He's probably still sore from the fight. Um, you know, these are two teams that might meet in the playoffs. Points are certainly important for Toronto. So, and the Rangers, too. Carolina won last night over uh, the Blue Jackets, so they're only five points back with the same amount of games played. So Rangers haven't locked up the division by any stretch. Would Reeves look at and go, I'm not going to challenge the kid because he's probably still sore? I'm going to move on, part of the, the code that they have. And as long as it, Rempe doesn't chirp him or challenge him, that they don't go. Do you think Reeves will go in that direction?
1: I honestly don't know, Don, and I know that's a bad answer, but I feel like the more publicity we get, I mean, look, if, if Reeves didn't fight O'Brien and absolutely destroy him last night, I, I don't think this is as loud. I mean, it would still be there. But Rempe's known as this fighter now. He's taken on every challenge or asked for a challenge in nearly every game that he's been in. Um, And Reeves is the toughest customer probably left in the NHL. I think that that's probably fair to say. Um, And I think that he thrives off of the attention he gets from this stuff. And the more people say he shouldn't do it, it might lead me to believe he'd want to do it. Um, Now, will Reeves accept? I don't think Reeves backs down from anything. Um, but you know, like I said, I, look, the, the, he had a really bad black eye. Um, you know, I don't know where, I don't know how it's going to look in a couple of days. We haven't seen them in a while. They're practicing today. I don't think anybody put out a picture yet of it, but. Uh, you know, at some point, I'm sure he'll fight Ryan Reeves in his NHL career. Uh, is it going to happen? I mean, look, yeah. this is also a big game for the Rangers, and the Maple Leafs for that matter. Like, these are two teams that want to keep their standing of where they are. The Maple Leafs are still third in the Atlantic. Like, this is, and I'm not saying that a, a fight will derail anything, but do you really want to give anybody extra incentive or an extra jolt if they don't have it because of a fight, whether you win it or lose it? I'm not so sure. Um, this is a crucial time for the Rangers, and I think that that fourth line, when they weren't really playing well against Columbus on Wednesday, actually was one of the more successful successful lines in generating offense. Yes. Um so Rempi is not just a fighter. He's not like the type that we've seen uh and like we said there's not many goons left in the National Hockey League. You need to be able to have some level of play in order to stick around and play on a bottom line. Um Rempe has proven that he's much more than that. Um, and I think that the Rangers want to see more of that. It's so funny that like Enstrom's like the gentle giant because I haven't seen him fight anybody right. or even come close to fighting anybody. And Rempi looks like he wants to hit everything that moves. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic. I, it's certainly going to be a topic. I'm curious to see if the Toronto crowd is juiced up about it. We saw that Rempi was like a cult hero. Don, you were there every time he touched the puck or he hit somebody. It sounded like uh, all the to the equivalent of Linsanity uh, with how much people people love this kid. Um, So it'll be interesting. I'm going to say they don't fight.
0: That's my prediction. I'm going to say they're not going to fight, and um, we'll see what happens down the road. They can meet each other in the playoffs. Like I keep saying, my phrase is they're bigger fish to fry for both of these teams, especially for Toronto. Toronto won last night. Detroit lost to the Islanders. There's a big win for the Islanders, so there's a little bit of a cushion there. But you don't want to fall to the wild card and have to play the big boys. You'd rather stay. Uh, You take a look at the standings right now. Toronto's got the three-seed in the Atlantic. Now, that means hooking up with Boston right now, or it could be Florida. Um, but And so you make a case, hey, listen, if I drop to the wild card, maybe I take on uh, the Rangers or the Panthers. Listen, it's it's it probably doesn't matter as much. Uh, I don't think Toronto can fall out of the playoffs, but they want to play well. Rangers want to hold off Carolina, as I mentioned, with their win over Columbus. They're only five points back, both with 60 games played. They've got a big tilt coming up later on in the month against each other in Carolina, so... That can close the gap even further. I think they've uh, got another one after that, too. So um, I don't think they're going to fight either. Um, going back to last night, we mentioned the Islanders. Big win against the Red Wings. Huge big boy win. I mean, the Red Wings have been hot. Uh, and, and the Islanders get themselves kind of back in the conversation. So the Islanders sit with 64 points. Same as the Rangers. Same amount of games played. Of course, the big difference is the Devils have five more wins. Uh, but uh, they both sit six points back at Tampa with three games in hand. So, you probably feel better about the Devils. They had a win against the Sharks, put up a touchdown against them. They got the Ducks tonight. So, if you fancy yourself a playoff team, the Devils should win tonight. And then we'll see what happens with the Kings on uh, on uh, for Sunday afternoon. Um, so... I guess the Devils and the Islanders still have a pulse. Capitals as well. That's a big game against the Flyers tonight. They sit seven points back with four games in hand on Tampa. And, of course, there's Pittsburgh eight back with five games in hand on Tampa. Bad loss last night, though. Yeah, no that no, no listen, that was bad. They're on a that trip, was,
1: but you know.
0: Hey, you know, give give Seattle credit. Um and, and that was a big uh, win for Pittsburgh against Vancouver, so they probably came in thinking they would take two of the possible four to start the trip, and they got it. And Buffalo still on the periphery, right? They've got sixty points, ten points back with two games in hand. I, I can't count the Buffalo Sabres involved in that. Uh Montreal is done. They lost in the shootout to Florida. Uh, last night as well, but I, I as we sit two days removed from our last podcast, it's still very much Devils Islanders Caps and Penguins with a pulse.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, look, we've talked about it, and and I know that you're a believer in the Penguins and their and their chances. Um, with the games in hand, it's hard to not be. I just can't make heads or tails of any of these teams that are on the outside looking in. And quite frankly, the Tampa, this Tampa team isn't the team that made it to multiple Stanley Cups and multiple conference finals within the last four or five years. Um, I have more faith in the Red Wings holding their position than Tampa. But I don't know who is that one team that I would say is definitely going to turn it around. If I had to guess, I think the Devils have the most talent top to bottom. They just need that goalie. Will they get it? I don't know. Um, obviously, we've seen a couple moves within the last couple days with Tanev from Calgary to Dallas, and then you see uh, the the Leafs get a defenseman from uh, from Anaheim last night, who they already yeah, had for pre- <laughs> they already had previously. Um, so they got him back. Um, so you're, you're starting to see some teams move and shake a little bit here. But um, yeah, it's going to be every game is going to be important here, which is why it was important for the Islanders to beat a team not only uh, on this road trip, but that was ahead of them. Uh, and then uh, the Devils putting up, like you said, a touchdown uh, on on the Sharks. And then the Ducks, who they play tonight, uh, played last night in San Jose. So they should, they should by rights, be a little more tired. So you should be able to come out on fire, be able to start hot against them, hopefully put together two wins here. Um, the healthier these teams get, the better off they're going to be. I think the Devils uh, are about as healthy as they're going to be. I don't know if Dougie Hamilton's coming back, so it's no. going to have to come from within or it's going to have to come from outside uh, in order to make this happen. And there's a very short amount of time to improve that way. But if they keep themselves within six points, three games in hand on Tampa, you could see the devil say, we have enough here to try and push to the playoffs. What does that do for you, though? Certainly not, wouldn't mortgage the future for it. But if it's a player that you think, this isn't a rental team. This isn't a team that's going to trade for a rental. This is a team that's going to trade like a Timo Meyer deal, where we're going to trade for a guy that's on an expiring, but we also think that he's going to be part of our future. or We have have a strong confidence that we can then bring that person in. Um, I still believe that this is the eight in the East. I think Tampa's going to hold on. I don't see the Devils, Islanders, Capitals, or Penguins uh, playing well enough down the stretch in order to make noise, but they're going to make it interesting.
0: Yeah, they are, too. When you go out west, and if the Devils are going to make a trade for a goaltender, I don't think it's going to be UC Soros. Nashville wins again as they pound Minnesota. So they've got 70 points. Kings have 70 points. So there's a nice seven-point cushion on Calgary that's already trading pieces away. Uh, St. Louis, Seattle, also seven points out. Minnesota, eight points out. So it's looking pretty good that Nashville's going to be a playoff team. So I don't think they're going to be trading anybody Uh, They're going to try to see this through. So I I think Nashville is going to make the playoffs. You can make the case, Anthony, that the West is set. We'll see what happens at the deadline. But with Calgary selling pieces, I I, I don't – and I think that you're going to end up seeing the Blues trade Buzhnevich away. So they're probably going to be selling off pieces – Same with Minnesota. So I I think the West is set. So I think Nashville's off the table. You mentioned Tanef to the Stars. He didn't play last night, but they still win against Winnipeg. So all these teams playing each other, right? Colorado beats the Stars. Uh, The Stars beat the Jets. So Dallas has 81 points. Winnipeg's got 79. Colorado's 79. But Winnipeg's still in great shape. They've got four games in hand on Dallas. They've got three games in hand on Colorado. Uh, All three of them are great with their goal differential, Dallas plus 34, Winnipeg plus 38, Colorado plus 37. Boy, that's going to be a war, but that's exactly what Dallas needed. They needed another defenseman. They get it. So I don't know if they're going to be trading off any other pieces. But that was a big win against Dallas, and I think the Central Division is going to be so much fun down the stretch because I do think there's a tremendous amount of value to winning that division.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that it, that that Central Matchup 2-3, I talked about it in the last podcast, is going to be the hardest o- other than possibly Boston-Toronto. Um, that's a team that's, that could go very far, can make a Western Conference final, but is going to lose in the first round, and that's the nature of this lovely bracket system that some people like and some people hate. I get the desire... To have a bracket system like this, to have really exciting matchups in the first round, it's not fun to the team that loses. Um, the one thing about Colorado is you really—they—they kind of hope that they get that two spot, or—or or obviously the one spot, but because their road record is 14-13 and five. They're almost unbeatable at home. They're 23-6. and six. That's pretty impressive. Um, Dallas and Winnipeg are a little bit more even in their splits, and obviously both teams are very good at home, but uh, much better away are Winnipeg and Dallas. Um, Nathan McKinnon is also just unbelievable. Uh, I think he's on pace for 134 points, which would That's be crazy. a career high. Um, he had a great game last night. All of Everybody on Colorado had a great game last night uh, but yeah you look at those you look at those games and you see the Stars dominate the Jets and the next next time around the Jets could win 5-2 yeah. to two. Uh, that's just the way it goes these teams match up well against each other They're, it's exciting nobody has anybody's number in my opinion um, and it's going to be really fun to see how that all shakes out and that 2-3 matchup in the Central is going to be one of the best
0: and uh, now it's just a matter of like scoreboard watching the rest of the way. So right. the Jets are going on the road in Carolina tomorrow, not easy. And the Avalanche continue on the road in Nashville against the Predators. That's not easy. While Dallas is home for San Jose. Ah, uh, yeah. So a real good chance maybe for Dallas to uh, get a little bit of a cushion on the Jets and the Avalanche. Although we'll we'll have to wait and see. But there's a lot a of, lot of good games. There's another. Um, You know, ABC game with the Panthers and the Red Wings. Uh, That should be fun. Two really good teams. You know, Panthers kind of sleptwalked through the game against Montreal, but they came back and they they get the win in the shootout last night. Panthers just a a very good team. And that's an interesting battle, too, in the Atlantic between Florida and Boston. And I think there's obviously value in winning that division as well. So um, should be a, a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, down the stretch so it's Friday as you know so uh, are you ready with your top five I was born ready Uh. Don
1: McGregor's Friday top five
0: number five you know drop it a little bit not because of necessarily the way that they played but because of how everybody else is playing around them yeah, uh, I've got the Boston Bruins dropping 2-5. Although, boy, if you just want the pure entertainment last night against Vegas, that was crazy. They oh, yeah. were a three nothing in the blink of an eye and they end up having to uh, to to really struggle to be able to get the win 5-4 in regulation over the Golden Knights, but listen, uh, I, I I know What happened to Boston last year, and that's probably something that's in the back of their mind, and I do think losing those two centers are going to be a bit of a problem, but eh, all the reasons we've said throughout, and I still think that they're a top-five team. I've just been impressed with four other teams, but I've got the Bruins still cracking the top-five at five.
1: Five was hard for me. Uh, As you know, I had Carolina in last week. They didn't really do anything that deserved them to get out. Um, but I just like the way Winnipeg's been playing. Uh, we um, I know that they lost last night, but seven three and zero in their last ten. Uh, they're in the thick of it in that central. They have the most. They have played the least amount of games, which means they have the better chance of being that top spot in the central. Um, top to bottom, I like their team. Nothing against Carolina. They're probably six on my top five, but it's top five, not a top six. So I have the Stars at number five.
0: Number four. Winnipeg, no, by the way, not the I, Stars, but whatever. I'm probably. Um putting Carolina at four because I didn't have them in the top five last week and so you didn't have you You felt bad dropping them but I had to raise them not having them in but mm-hmm. you know uh, listen this Carolina team's kind of they've kind of been forgotten because there's so much attention on what's been a roller coaster ride with the Rangers and and I also think, maybe maybe it's just me because I had predicted them to go to the Stanley Cup final and win the Cup, that maybe you can look upon this regular season as a bit of a disappointment. But there they sit, five points back of the hottest team in the NHL in the New York Rangers, and the question's going to be about goal, but Anderson you know, is going to probably come back at some point. Usual suspects, Svetnikov, Aho, um, Natchez. There's so many different pieces that seem to contribute to that team every single night, so... I put Carolina in the top five of the first time this year, and I have them at four.
1: I'm going to go with Boston at four. Okay. Um, only three wins in the last ten, but also five overtime losses. They're looking like the Islanders. They have 14 OT losses, which means which almost equates to seven wins from a points perspective. Um, every game is tight. That was a crazy game, like you said, Don, against Vegas. Um you know, I gave them. I dropped them last week because of how how they've been struggling. Um, it's not that they have vastly improved, but that win against Vegas makes me think maybe there's a chance that they could turn the corner. Geeky with a hat trick, that's kind of unbelievable. Um, but it's hard to have the most points in the National Hockey League and not be in the top five. So I do have Boston at number four.
0: Number three. Uh, I love this Dallas team, as you know, so I've got them at three. That was a big boy win against the Jets last night. Stan Coven, who I didn't get a chance to see, because there was a chance he was going to play in the Ranger game last week that I called last Tuesday. Yeah, I bet him because, you know, it would make sense for him to score his first goal against the Rangers. <laughs> but he didn't play because I guess it was uh, it was like Duchesne was um, on the fence whether he was going to play or not. He ended up playing, so we didn't see Stan Coven. But Stan Coven ends up... Uh, Getting called up, and he has scored down a couple of games in a row. And now the, the acquisition of TANF, I think, really just rounds them out as a very, very dangerous team in the West. Dallas Stars at number three.
1: I'm going to go with Vancouver at three. Ooh. I know. Yeah, four, or five, and one in their last 10. They lost uh, last night, but uh, again, and this is this I'm a prisoner of the moment sometimes. Um, last week I was much more. Um, I looked much more at like the overall how teams were doing in the moment. Uh, but now that we're getting towards the uh, the trade deadline here, I'm kind of looking big picture, kind of looking at teams I think are going to be able to make runs and make noise in the playoffs. Uh, they got destroyed last night by the Kings, no question about it. Uh, but four, five, and one in their last 10. 83 points. Uh, they have the most points in the West when it comes that when it comes down to it at this time of year. Unless you're really playing bad, you're going to be in my top five. I've got mm. Vancouver at number
0: three number two well thanks to winning 11 of their last 12 i've got the rangers at number two it's all coming together for them it's not just the goaltending they're getting extra scoring lafreniere has been hot we'll see if Kaco's going to work out on that top line uh Rempe has been kind of a folk hero here but you look at how the rangers have played so far over the last month after a terrible January, it's not just one thing. There's a lot of things coming together for them. That fourth line, as you mentioned earlier, is contributing. Um, We know what the Cooley line can do, but now that top six has really been clicking, and I just really love what Lafreniere is doing. Um, The Rangers just playing too well not to have them in the top five, and I've got them at number 2.
1: I agree. Um, Number 2 for the Rangers, it's odd that they struggled against Columbus, or it seems like the way Columbus four-checks and the way that they break out gives them fits with their 1-3-1. One, one. Um, but they answered the bell on Wednesday. It was as convincing a win as you could have, where in the first period, they really put a lot of shots on but didn't score. Um, hard for me not to keep them... Uh, hard for me not to keep them in the top five, of course, and of, and I believe they deserve to be number 2 because there's one team I think that's better, and that is...
0: number 1. Yeah!
1: The president's trophy-winning Florida Panthers.
0: Yeah, we got to be able to to, to talk this together. You know, the Panthers are the best team in the NHL. We said that before they officially became the best team in the NHL, but you take a look at the standings, they are the best. They're the most well-rounded. And I think the experience of last year is going to be killer for the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference because they learn so much, and Paul Maurice is such a good coach. And not just relying on one or two guys, everybody seems to contribute there, and they're healthy. We talked about that last week. They're finally healthy. Goaltending has been terrific. I don't really see too many flaws in the team at all. Uh, The Florida Panthers right now clear number 1.
1: 41 goals for Sam Reinhart, arguably playing as good as anybody in the National Hockey League. Um, most points in the league, one game in hand on Boston who has the same amount of points, um, these games against the Rangers coming up in March are going to be really exciting, in my opinion. Uh, these are going to be playoff atmosphere-like games, and that's going to be a big determiner, in my opinion, of who has a chance to win the President's Trophy, whether it be the Panthers or the Rangers. Um, it's tightening up up there, but I think there's a clear 28-2 and split, home and away, for the Panthers. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than that, 9-1-0 in their last 10, the three-game win streak. Panthers, 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 best team in hockey.
0: Let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, at Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct. NYR Fanatic gave his top five of the week. And a little different on the bottom half because he's kind of looking at how they play now. He's got the Predators at five. I don't hate Jets that. at four. Mm-hmm. Leafs at three. And the Leafs have been hot. There's no question about it. And then he's got the Rangers and the Panthers at two and one. Uh, he also asked also, where do you think Kreider will rank in Rangers history at the end of his career? Well, number 20 is going to be up in the rafters, I think. Uh, by the end of next year, he's going to be the second greatest scorer in the history of the franchise. He's already sitting at three with 295 goals. I know there's holes in his game. and all. I, I, I Sometimes Ranger fans kind of cringe when I talk up Chris Kreider because he can be a little frustrating. And I don't know who you're referring to. But, come on, the numbers are not going to lie. If he finishes his career with the Rangers, if he stays healthy and continues to put a, – a, you know, listen, this is a guy that never scored more than 28 goals. He's now had over 30 now three straight years. He's, as he hit his 30th goal uh, with the empty netter against Columbus on Wednesday. Uh, listen, uh, I, I know that sometimes you're a little bit dubious, but I just think the numbers are just going to be too much to ignore when his career is over.
1: No, when you take a look at it now, Don, and the way that it, it, the trajectory is going, I mean, it's going to it's going to be hard to imagine him not up there. Um, where does he rank? Look, at the if, if it ends the way it is now, he's a gagline guy where, wow, this is one of the best Rangers of all time. How did he not win a cup? If he does, he's at the level of Messier and Graves. And now, is he going to be a Hockey Hall of Famer? I don't mean that. But in terms of Rangers lore, you're talking about a guy who's going to finish top five in almost every offensive category. He's going to have the longevity. He might end his career as a Ranger. And if he wins a cup, uh, you're talking about a guy who every time he walks into the into the garden is going to have the, the, the fanfare that a guy like Messier or a guy like Graves has. Not saying that he's that level. I'm just saying that from a Rangers perspective, he would be that important because right now you're a guy that deserves to be up in the rafters, but hasn't won. Yeah. If they find a way to win with him, he's at the level of a guy like Messier and Graves, in my opinion.
0: And it all depends on how it ends, as you said. If he wins a Stanley Cup, it's a slam dunk. Uh, does he does he finish his career with the Rangers? Because you got to remember, the only other guy, I mean, Richter, his whole career was with the Rangers. But you look at the other retired numbers, you know, Messier, Graves, um, Howell. Uh, Did not finish their careers with the Rangers. You know, Rod Gilbert is the one that did. And look how revered he was. But there's a chance that he can score more goals than Gilbert. Rattel didn't spend his entire career with the Rangers either. If he ends up spending his entire career with the New York Rangers that's going to be pretty significant. And then you look from a skating perspective, and you know, an American-born player, his whole career with the Rangers, he's already played in the Stanley Cup, he's already been on a President's Trophy winning team. Maybe by the end of this year it'll be a second President's Trophy winning team. Uh, maybe a chance at the Cup, which I think will solidify things. Uh, maybe some more moments in the postseason, but he's still young. He's still under contract for a while. I, I just think the writing's on the wall here. Now, could it all turn ugly and, and, and make it seem laughable? I guess, but if you have any kind of confidence, you got to believe that that's kind of where he's trending here in his career. Troy says, due to the salary cap being what it is, Should we, A, see more three-team deals, and B, expect more teams to retain players who will qualify to be free agents this upcoming offseason? Kind of like the expiring contract that you hear in the NBA, right, Anthony, that, uh, you know, holding on to certain— I guess you could see that. It hasn't been an NHL thing, really, but I think that can start to become that. But, yeah, you're going to have to make the salaries work. And bringing in the third team in the um, Dallas-Calgary deal was really important to get that done. So definitely, A, three-team deals. You're going to see a lot more of them moving forward.
1: Yeah, no, look, uh, teams that can, let's say, weaponize their cap space. um, Look, we saw the Coyotes do it a lot. How many LTIR guys do the Coyotes have just to be cap compliant? But as a result, they were able to get draft pick compensation as a result of it. Uh, The Devils are involved in in that deal. Uh, with Calgary and Dallas and got a pick out of it just because they can retain some of the money. Um, teams that can retain teams that are willing to retain money in a seller's market are it's very beneficial to them because you're probably in a position where you can hold on to the money and it's not going to hurt you because you're either not going to make a run or you're on the outside looking in and you're going to get a pick for essentially just holding on to money that's going to go away at the end of the year anyway. Um, Obviously, if you could take advantage of that, fantastic. Um, and it's also good for the teams that want these players because if there's teams willing to retain the money, they can get a player that they may not otherwise be able to have because they're not cap compliant and right. be able to make a deal with them. And if you have the picks available to do such a deal, then it's awesome. Yeah, I, I Look, it's very confusing to the layman trying to figure out why do I have 25% of Chris Tanev's money on my books and he's never played for me. Um, but it's certainly something that this is why these guys get paid the big bucks, the GMs, the scouts, and everybody else, to try and figure out all these uh, capologists that try to figure out ways to manipulate the cap in a way that benefits your team going forward. These three-team deals are going to be something that you see probably a lot more often.
0: Uh, Sean Gleason says, Intrigued to hear your take on Philly. Are Briere and Jones going to stay the course or even possibly sell some pieces at the deadline, despite their position Lawton, Walker, Frost come to mind? could really shake up the metro race i think they're going to stay the course now if they get knocked over they get balled over with a deal i think they'll make it um but i think they see value in making the playoffs uh but the goaltending situation makes you realize they're probably not going to make a run if they get there um we still have what eight days to to make a deal uh we'll see um if they drop it all in the standings like tonight's game against washington's kind of interesting um you know, talking to some of the people around Columbus, it seems like they're going to be selling off pieces. So you look at what Anaheim's going to do, what Columbus is going to do, what Calgary's done already. There's going to be a flood of players available. So I'm not sure how much you'd get for Frost, Walker, and Lawton to make you want to change course. I think Jones and Briere will listen, but it probably would be smart to just have them ride it out, see where this all finishes. Um, because I don't know if you want to throw away a chance to make the playoffs, but over the next week, if you see the ship be sinking and the Devils and Islanders get hot, and it looks like you're not going to hold on to that playoff spot, then it would probably be smart to think about selling those pieces off.
1: Yeah, look, I think it was mentioned, uh, when the Rangers played the Flyers last, um, that Danny Breer is listening to offers, but in a lot of these situations, if it's a guy they want to keep, remember, I think they that John Tortorella and, and the front office, Keith Jones and everybody else knows that this is not going to be something that happens overnight. This is going to take a couple years. They have to stick to, it, to their plan. Now, if their plan involves a player, why would you trade him? Unless you think that in free agency you're going to get him back. Like if he's a rental and you don't think he's going to be beneficial to you making a cup run this year, which I don't see happening without Carter Hart. Okay, then we'll trade him, and if he has a desire to come back, they could sign him, and they, whatever you know, compensation they got for him, great. Um, if it's a guy that you don't see as part of your future, and you, we've looked at this market and seen that there's been some overpays for players, okay, maybe it's something that the Flyers would entertain. Um, I think the injury to Drysdale kind of hurts their defensive depth. Whereas maybe, and with DeLaurier already hurt, where you think, okay, maybe they could trade one of their defensemen. Now you kind of want to hold on to them just so that you don't you know uh, have to call up somebody that isn't ready or just have a weakness at that position while you are still third in the Metro. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a listening to, but not necessarily needing to deal anybody deal for the Flyers. I could see them making a move or two. It just depends on what they would be getting back in return.
0: Yeah, and and I I see the only movable piece. Because a lot of these guys are affordable, but they got a lot left on their contract. Uh, Lawton's only a a $3 million cap hit, but he signed through 26. Uh, Frost is only 2.1, but he's restricted in 25-26 and becomes unrestricted in 26-27. So he's got a lot of years left on his contract. Now, Walker is in the last year of his deal. But you're also, as you said, Drysdale is hurt. Ritzalainen is hurt. Uh, you still got a field. You got Mark Stahl, who's getting older now. Um, I, I just don't know if they've got the personnel to do it. I don't know who they can call up if they were to make that deal. Um, I, I just don't think those are pieces that are going to get you a tremendous amount of return anyway. So they're probably just better off to stay of the course. I agree. We see what happens there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stacy says, what do you think is the best thing to unlock Mika? Is it just a matter of getting a solid right wing number one, or is moving Kreider down another option? You've been talking about breaking up Kreider and Zabanajad. He listen, he's a beast on the power play, but five on five, there hasn't really been much there. Uh, That's probably the Achilles heel of the whole team, but certainly that uh, top line, and certainly for Zabanajad, would the right right winger help? Of course, it probably would. From a points standpoint, but uh, as far as getting him to score more goals, Anthony, I I, I don't know what it's going to take here. It's been very frustrating, well, look, even strength.
1: If you believe in this, it's Mika March. And when the calendar turns to March, yeah, no matter what yeah. goes on, Mika's advantage at is more than a point per game player and seemingly scores every other day for the New York Rangers. Um, the way that he's played, and I've kind of looked at it too, because I know the Rangers have been playing well recently, but I was just kind of focusing on the way he's been playing when he gets on the ice, and that's obviously tough to do because when you're a fan of a team, you just want to watch the puck. But I tried to just keep an eye on, whenever I saw Meek on the ice, I tried to look at how he was playing. And I didn't notice a whole lot of aggression from him. It seems like when he comes down the side, he's always looking to pass or always looking to dump off. He's not trying to get to the net, use the skill that we know is there for him to make a goaltender make a difficult save. He always seems to be, even on the power play, unless that one timer set up for him, kind of hesitant to shoot. Um that's not something that you want to see from him because he is a great scorer and he does have the ability to score thirty to forty goals a season. Uh, Chris Kreider and him on two on ones is nauseating to, at this point because it seems like either of them, no matter who it is and what position they're in, they want to pass to each other, and that's great. But at some point, a shot has to be put on the on the net. Um, I don't look if Mika March doesn't turn it around. And a trade for a winger that is going to be solidified and say, this is the guy that you're looking for, doesn't turn it around, I think that you start to have the conversation of where can we split him up? And I think that if Philip Heedle was healthy and playing, this would have been such an easier decision. I yep. know Johnny Brzezinski's played well in the third line. I just don't think Peter Laviolette has the appetite to be moving Chris Carter to Brodzinski or Cooley up with Zibanejad or vice versa just because it, it diminishes both lines without right. significantly and- improving the other with, without any knowledge of it working or
0: not and you you, listen you want to crack the code on Zavanna they've won 11 of their last 12 so if, if he has not been scoring and they're losing games then you make some sort of a move but you're not going to disrupt things and like I said Kreider's got 30 goals We'll see what Kako does in his second game tomorrow playing on that top line. He had one heck of a move against Columbus. It didn't yeah. end up a goal, but boy, you just you salivate on what he could possibly do if he can kind of get himself going here. So I think the second round here with Kako on the top line is going to bear more fruit uh, than the first time around. And Jimmy Berger asks a very intriguing question. We almost need to bring in Dave Rothenberg for this. He says, My wedding is May 31st, 2025. Very exciting. But I'm already having nightmares about there being a huge Ranger playoff game that night. Hopefully, they'll get it done this year, so it won't hurt as much if there is. The show yesterday got me thinking. Of course, we talked about that on the K-Show. I can guarantee you, they—if the, you're looking at that either being Game 1 or 2 of the Stanley Cup Final. I looked it up. It's a Saturday. So now that everything post-COVID is kind of back to normal you're probably looking at either game one or two of the Stanley Cup final. So are you willing, if they don't win the Cup this year, running the risk of getting married on a day in which the Rangers are going to play in the Stanley Cup final, Anthony? Now, the good news is it's either game one or two, so it won't be a deciding game. But still, uh, it's it could be very distracting if
1: you have knowing a, your team's
0: in the Stanley Cup final and you're getting married. If
1: you have a fiancé that cares as much about the Rangers as you do, like the people that got married in the Garden that you see on that commercial that's running on MSG. Right. I think there'd be some level of understanding. Um, if you don't, and they're not as big a fan, I don't know if that's the way you want to start off the marriage of, hey, listen, I don't know if we can get married on this weekend. The Rangers well, could be in the Stanley Cup. Well, listen, I hear
0: uh, you. If you got the date set, it's set. I mean, you're not moving it. All right, And you're certainly not moving it on spec. I mean, No. You know, we've got a whole rest of the regular season and postseason here, a whole regular season. That you can't move it. It's just that there's not enough information that there'll be a game that, that you just, you're just you not moving it. So the question is, if you are fortunate enough that the Rangers are playing in game either one or two of the Stanley Cup final, I think you roll the dice, and if it happens, hey, at least it's not a deciding game, and maybe you can incorporate it into the wedding in some way, shape, or form. Like yeah have it on at the bar or whatever. Dude, Jimmy, this is hopefully the only time you're ever going to get married and it's going to last forever. And believe me, as much as I'm, you want the Rangers to win, it shouldn't uh, be more important than your wedding. So
1: we talk about missed moments and things like that. We had on the K show yesterday. Uh, look, I I agree with you, Don, uh, it, it, a good problem to have. If if on one of the happiest days of your life, your are one of your favorite teams is also playing in their championship. Um, I'd say be thankful, and you know the phone works. You know I know you'd want to watch it live, but you know pop in and out, take a look at the scores, enjoy the time, and look let let let's get to that problem first before we have to worry about it. I understand that it's 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 probably tough, but uh, let's see I, it'll probably work out in the end.
0: All right, I'm just looking here. Uh, do 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 Stanley Cup final last year. Game 1 was June 3rd. But I think it'll be earlier this year because again I think everything kind of started at the right time. Right. So, where it could be awkward if it ends up staying on the same timeline, could there be a game 7 of the conference final on the night Ooh. that you're getting married? That's a di- that's a different story, but dude, we got a long ways to go. All right? And maybe they'll win the cup this year and it won't matter as much cuz they'll already have the ring. Um, but listen, we know there's going to be a ring on May 31st of 2025, and that's the one that you're going to put on the uh, finger of your fiance. Yes, so let's, worry about, let's worry about that one. Let's worry about that one. All right, this was fun. Sure. um We will be back again on Monday, hopefully with EJ Raddick, and recap uh, another busy weekend. And let's see, Monday, today's the first, so that'll be March 4th. So we will be within the week of the deadline. And when I was talking to those guys in Toronto... Two separate radio stations, by the way. Uh, they kind of feel the way I do. you probably see a lot of deals before the 8th. You know, We already saw the TANF deal, uh, Labushkin deal. So um, there could be some things this weekend. It'll and be fun sir, to have
1: a live podcast next week, though, Don, uh, yeah, on yeah, deadline It's, it's
0: going to be fun, and, and I think Monday and Wednesday are going to be big podcasts, and uh, so it should be a, a lot of fun. So we'll be back with you again on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. You want to get in touch with us at Don LaGreca, hashtag game Misconduct or at Anthony Pusick at hashtag Game Misconduct. I'll be on the call tomorrow in Toronto. Rangers and the Leafs, myself and Pete Stemkowski. I haven't worked with Pete Love in a while, it. so I'm looking forward to that. Anthony, I'll talk to you on Monday. Sounds good, Donnie. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.